0: Hi IPLC56. This is where I'm going to do your recordings for the read aloud for the thief of always. Remember we left off on chapter 12 and I know it's been a while, but we left off where Harvey was going to down by the lake because he was going to go um, see Lulu and he realized that she had turned into one of those crazy fish like creatures And that's kind of where we left off, where him and Wendell are now trying to figure out how they are going to leave and get out of um, the holiday house. So chapter 13 is called The Fourth Part of Darkness. What happened to you, Wendell whispered when Harvey reached the bottom of the lawn. I thought you were meeting at midnight. I got way led, Harvey said. He intended to tell Wendell what had just transpired, but his friend was obviously nervous enough without being told about Lulu's fate. Harvey slipped the three survivors of the Ark into his pocket and resolved only to speak of the encounter when he and Wendell were safely away from this terrible place. Just one thing stood between them and that ambition, the Wall of Mist. Now as ever, it seemed innocent enough, but that was an illusion, of course, like so many things in Mr. Hood's kingdom. "'We have to be very organized about this,' Harvey said to Wendell. "'Once we're in the Wall, we, we will lose our sense of direction.' so we have to be sure that we keep walking in a straight line and not let the mist turn us around. How do we do that, said Wendell. I think one of us should go in first and the other one keep a hold of his hand. Me, said Wendell eagerly, I want to be first. No problem, then I'll keep my back to the house and keep guiding you. Who knows, maybe the wall's so thin that you'll just be able to pull me through. We can hope, Wendell said. Are you ready, Harvey asked, extending his hand. Wendell took it. Whenever you are, he said, then let's get out of here. Wendell nodded and stepped into the mist. Instantly, Harvey felt his grip tighten. Don't let go, Wendell said, his voice already remote, although he was just a pace away. Just keep walking, Harvey said, as they reached arm's length. Any sign of... Because he could finish his question, a noise from the house behind him sealed his lips. He glanced back. The front door was open and the light was burning in the hall throwing into silhouette the figure rushing down the porch steps. It was Mrs. Griffin. The noise he had heard was not from her lips, however. Nothing humid could make such a din. He saw Mrs. Griffin glance up toward the roof as she hurried down the lawn, and following her gaze, saw the noisemaker rising against the stars. He knew its name, even though he couldn't see its face. Hood had four servants, and he had met only three, Rictus, Jive, and Mar. Here was the fourth, Karna, the tooth-stealer Karna, the devourer Karna, the beast Mrs. Griffin had hoped that Harvey would never meet. Back to the house, child, Mrs. Griffin yelled as the din of vast wings filled the air. Quickly, quickly! Harvey pulled on Wendell's arm, yelling to him as he did so, but Wendell had a whiff of freedom in his nostrils and wasn't about to give it up. What are you waiting for, Mrs. Griffin yelled. Get away from there or it'll take off your head. Harvey glanced up at the swooping beast and knew that that was no lie. Karna's jaws were wide enough to snap him in half with a single bite. But he couldn't leave Wendell in the mist. They had just begun this adventure together, and that was how they were going to finish it, dead or alive. He had no choice but to step into the mist himself and hope that Wendell had snatched a glimpse of the world outside and could pull him through to the street. As he took that step, he heard Mrs. Griffin say something about leading the way, then he was blinded by the chill of the mist and sound of her voice becoming a garbled whisper. Karna's shrieks were not so hushed, however. They pierced the murk skewering Harvey's thoughts, the way its teeth would skewer his head in the beast caught up if the beast caught up with him. Wendell! Harvey yelled, it's coming for us. He caught a glimpse of a figure up ahead of him, then of Wendell's face smeared by the mist, turning to say, There's no way out! There has to be I can't find it, Wendell said, his reply almost drowned out by the din of Karna's shrieks. Harvey glanced back the way he had come, more afraid not to know how close the creature was than to see it, however terrifying the sight was. A veil of mist swirled in front of him, but he glimpsed Karna's form as the beast descended. It was the most monstrous of the brood, its skin rotted and stretched over barbed and polished bone, its throat a nest of snaky tongues, its jaw set with hundreds of teeth. This is the end, Harvey thought. I've only been alive 10 years and five months and I'm going to have my head bitten off. Then from the corner of his eyes, a straight sight. Mrs. Griffin's arms reaching into the mist and dropping Blue Cat to the ground. He's got a good sense of direction, Harvey heard her say. Follow him, follow him. He didn't need a second invitation, nor did Blue Cat. Tail up, it padded off, and Harvey hauled on Wendell's arm to drag him in pursuit. The cat, would, the cat was quick, but so was Harvey. He kept his eyes glued on that bright tail, even when the rush of wings behind him announced that Karna had entered the mist and was almost upon them. Two strides, three strides, four, and now the mist seemed to be thinning. He heard Wendell whooping for joy. The street, he yelled, I see it. And the next moment, Harvey saw it too, the sidewalks wet with rain and the shining in the lamplight. Now he dared look back and there was Karna, its jaws a yard from them. He let go of Wendell's arm and pushed his friend toward the street, ducking as he did so. Karna's lower jaw scraped his spine, but the beast was moving too fast to check itself. And instead of wheeling around to scoop up its quarry, it flew on out into the real world. Wendell was already there. Harvey joined him a moment later. We did it, Wendell yelled. We did it. So did Karna, Harvey said, pointing up at the beast as it rose against the cloudy sky and turned to come back for them. It wants to drive us back inside, Harvey said. I'm not going, Wendell cried. Never. I'm never going in there again. Karna heard his defiance. Its blazing eyes fixed on him and it came down like a thunderbolt, its shriek echoing through the, mu- the midnight streets. Run, Harvey said. But Karna's stare had rooted Wendell to the spot. Harvey grabbed hold of him and was about to make a run for it when he heard the beast's cry change. Triumph became doubt. Doubt became pain, and suddenly Karna wasn't swooping, but falling, holes opening in its wings as though a horde of invisible moss was eating at the fabric. It labored to climb the air again, but its wounded wings refused their duty, and seconds later it struck the street so hard it bit off a dozen of its tongues and scattered half a hundred teeth at the boy's feet. The fall didn't kill it, however. Though agonized by its wounds, it hauled itself up onto the spiky crutches of its wings and began to drag itself back toward the wall. Even now, it was this wretched state, it was ferocious, and with snaps to right and left drove Harvey and Wendell out of its path. It can't survive out here, Wendell realized aloud. It's dying. Harvey wished he had some weapon to keep the beast from returning to safety, but he had to be content with the sight of its defeat. If it had not wanted their flesh so badly, he thought, it wouldn't have come after them at such speed and brought this pain and humiliation upon itself. There was a lesson there, if he could only remember it. Evil, however powerful it seemed, could be undone by its own appetite. Then the creature was gone, a curtain of mist drawn over its retreat. There was only one sign remaining of the mysteries that lay on the other side of the wall the face of Blue Cat gazing out at the world that he, like all the other occupants of the Holiday House, could never explore. He azure gaze met Harvey's for a moment. Then he looked back toward his prison as though he heard Mrs. Griffin summon, and with a sorrowful sigh, turned and trapezed away. Weird, said Wendell, as he stared at the rainy streets. It's as though I never left. Is it? said Harvey. He wasn't so sure. He felt different marked by this adventure. I wonder if we'll even remember that we came here in a week's time. Oh, I remember, Harvey said. I've got a few souvenirs. He dug into his pocket in search of the figurines from the Ark. Even as he pulled them out, he felt them crumbling as the real world took its toll on them. Illusions, he murmured as they turned to dust and ran away between his fingers. Who cares, said Wendell. It's time to go home. And that's No illusion.